0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for The Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our off the carousel series where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the division one ranks There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer, heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So, now without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel.
2: All righty, guys, my name is Andrew Robinson, and we are joined today by the newest head coach of the St. Peter's Peacock men's basketball team, by Sharon Mason. This is going to be a new episode of Off the Carousel, and uh, Coach Mason, we are extremely, extremely, extremely grateful to have you on, man, and uh, we're excited to just chop it up with to you today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate this, and um, I'm excited to be here with you today. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, coach, man, obviously, you know, um, you know, obviously, like like we mentioned, we just just took the job at St. Peter's, man. But you know, I got to rewind a little bit, man, because uh, I want to just talk to you about kind of your journey into coaching. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people may, may not know, man. You you were a bucket at Drexel. You know, played four years there, thousand points, almost almost 500 assists. You know, a defensive stopper. Uh, so I want to know, man, like what 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 made you want to get into coaching? Uh, kind of just take this path. Oh uh, man, that's a uh, that's a good question. All uh, right, out the gate too. Um.
3: Like, like all of these college guys, right? You know, when I was playing, my, my plan was to go to the NBA. If not, you know, I was hoping to go overseas. And, um, you know, after, after my playing career, um, working out, signed with agents, um, you know, went through that whole process and, um, you know, just kind of, you know, leaning on people that were close to me during that time, my mentors and stuff. Uh, you know, I got asked the question, hey, what would you do if you decided not to play? And, and coaching, you know, rolled right off the tongue. And, um, you know, from there, you know, opportunities just presented themselves and it came my way. And uh, when I got offered my first, you know, coaching opportunity back at my high school, St. Benedict's Prep, um, I had three contracts to go play overseas um, and I had this offer to become a coach and you know, becoming a coach just felt right to me. Yep.
2: Now, I'm I'm currently playing overseas now and I'm trying to pretty much, you know, balance like, you know, my professional career and then my, my, my media career. So I wanted to ask you, like, what was that moment like when you first when you first made that choice, like, all right, I got these offers to go overseas, I got a coach, like, how did you kind of come to terms with like being able to put the basketball down and just head into coaching full time? Hey, man, it's as simple as you get, it
3: just felt right to me. It felt right in my gut. Um, I didn't feel the stress that I was feeling with, um, you know, what country I'm gonna playing, how much money I'm going to get paid, um, you know, what's the living situation, all of those different things that I was weighing with playing. Uh, when I got offered the coaching opportunity, uh, it was a situation that I knew I was comfortable with.
2: I knew all the people. And like I said, it just felt right in my gut. Yeah. Now, they, they say point guards usually make make the best coaches, man, because you guys are already kind of floor generals on the court and an extension of the coach out there. Um, and I believe you got right into it with, with Coach Hurley at St. Barron's Prep, I believe, right? Yep. So what was that like kind of transitioning from having the players hat on and then kind of being on, on, on the sidelines under Coach Hurley? To be honest, man, that's, it, it's still tough
3: today right? You know, you you put a lot of work into, you know, your practices and all of these different things and you can get out there on the floor as a coach doing practice and be hands-on and and kind of orchestrate things. Uh, I still struggle with, when when the ball goes up, you know, on game night, you know, I'm stuck here in the sideline. There's nothing I could do. You know, I'm calling plays, I'm switching defenses, but I mean, you don't know if the stuff's going to work, if it's not going to work. I know physically, if I was out there as a player, I would have some control over it. So uh, when I first you know put the coach's hat on, um, it was a struggle. Uh, but the one thing I, I knew then um, and what I still know today is I always want my teams to be a reflection of me and my personality and who I am. Um, and you know th- that's my mindset just to get my guys to play really hard, defensive minded program, um, you know we're gonna get after. It. We're just gonna be some tough tough dudes. Yep,
2: yep. Now at the time you were hired at, at Wagner to be a head coach man, you were 28 years old. Uh, you were the youngest Division One head coach at the time to be hired, man. And, you know, it's crazy because now we're in 2022 and you've been a head coach for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, man, what has that whole process been like these last 10 years? What have you learned? Kind of what's different from when you first got into the game uh, and, and to now? Uh, well, one of the biggest
3: things that have changed is my hairline. I don't know if you can see it. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know um, 10 years of being a head coach, Again, my, my first, you know, couple years as of being a head coach, this thing was just spinning. It was moving so fast. You know, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't 100 percent know what I was doing every day. Um, you know, years into it now, it's slowed down for me. Um, you know, it's, it's like a good player, right? You, you start to see the game in slow motion once you get it. Um, I won't say I'm near 100 percent yet with coaching, but it's definitely slowed down. Um, but the formula remains the same, man. Just, just get my guys to play really hard, defensive minded, um, you know, just locking on that end of the floor. Uh, one of the biggest transitions I've made um, in coaching uh, is focusing on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, one of the biggest wins that I had or my first win as a Division One head coach, the score was 38 to 36. and. I was excited about that. That was a reflection of who I am. You know, we started that game out going into the first media timeout. We were winning that game 12 to (laughs) 2. And we ended the game with 38 points, so we didn't score a lot more points. Uh, But the mindset was just have one more point than the other team at the end of the game. Um, And, you know, 38, 36, I'm taking it. You know, this past season in coaching for me, uh, if we wasn't scoring in the 70s, low 80s, I wasn't happy. Uh, So that's been one of the biggest transitions I've made.
2: you know, as a coach. It's great to hear. And, you know, it's crazy, like I said, when you first got the job, you know, you were 28, and now here you are 10 years later, you're still young. You know, you're not even 40 yet, and now you're taking over the program at St. Peter's. Um, obviously, you've had a ton of success at Wagner, you know, three regular season titles, got that big-time uh, NIT victory over St. Bonaventure, the first postseason win for Wagner program history. Um, so my question to you is, Coach, like, you know, why, why now? You know, why St. Peter's? Uh, why did you decide to make that jump? Uh, over over to, to, to St. Peter's now, 10 years later?
3: You know what? It, it, this is going to be simple um, as well. So I'm born and raised here in Jersey City. Um, okay. and, you know, St. Peter's has always been our neighborhood school. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people wanted uh, or had interest in this St. Peter's job you know, because they went to the Elite Eight um, and there was a lot of buzz around the program. Uh, for me, and my interest in St. Peter's was, this is my neighborhood school. I'm born and raised here. Uh, I know what it's been here for a long time, um, and I don't want it to go back to that. Uh, I want St. Peter's University to, to, to be the school uh, to represent Jersey City um, and all the, all I believe that the city has to offer. So uh, I'm hoping that I could have the same amount of success here you know, that I had at Wagner, trying a spotlight on the university. Um, and continue to push forward all of the work that you know all of the players have put in, um, and Coach Shaw, what he's been able to do here. Um, I want to continue to build on that.
2: Yeah. Now I think that's a perfect segue into my next question. Like you mentioned, you know, you're you're a Jersey guy. You know, grew up right there in, in Jersey City, and just what what does it mean to you to be able to come back home, man, and play in front of? I mean, not play, excuse me, coach in front of your in front of your family, friends, things like that. What does what you know what, what does all that mean? You become come back home now. Man, it's it's an incredible feeling. Um, I mean, the
3: amounts of calls, text I received uh, once the word broke that I was going to be the next head coach here was overwhelming. Um, you know, uh, for me, again, like all college basketball players, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, and, and when that didn't happen for me, to be able to transition into coaching, um, you know, a Division One program um, in my neighborhood that's coming off of an Elite Eight run, I mean, this is a uh, – know it's a storybook for me so um you know i'm grateful i'm thankful i'm excited um and i'm happy to be here and i'm ready
2: to work now obviously you know you you mentioned it obviously um but obviously you know say period just just made the the elite eight and that's obviously a a major major accomplishment do you feel any a heightened sense of pressure coming to the program taking over the program now there's the, the success like what is that like for you kind of come in there, you know, right now, when like you mentioned, the program has so much buzz they're making a crazy, crazy run in, in the NCAA tournament? No, I'm excited, honestly. Um, you know, it's making
3: my job a little bit easier, right? St. Peter's name is nationally known now, so in terms of being able to recruit and, and pick up the phone and call guys um, and them have recognition or know who you are, uh, it's been incredible in that light. Uh, but I'll say um, my first year of coaching, right, I was replacing Dan Hurley. Um And we were coming off of a season at Wagner where we were 25-6, and the most wins in school history. And, um, you know, I know St. Peter's went to the Elite Eight, uh, but for me, the competitor that I am, um, I I don't feel the same sense of pressure now that I felt when I was trying to replace Dan Hurley at Wagner. Um, That was intense pressure for me. Uh, Whether it was there or not there in my mind, uh, I just wanted to make sure, one, I wasn't letting him down. Uh, but the competitor in me, I also wanted to make sure that I was measuring up to the standard that you know he he set at Wagner. So um, you know, replacing you know, Coach Sean, you know, what the program did um last season, uh, I feel no pressure, I just feel excitement.
2: Yep. Now I I played in the Mac for four years. And uh so that means I, I took four trips to uh, down there to St. Peter's every year to play. And I think one thing that I noticed specifically during this NCAA tournament when people were talking, about, oh St. Peter's Cinderella, but like I don't think people truly realize one how special and how unprecedented that run is because of just the school. Like St. Peter doesn't have the best facilities, you know, it's down there in the middle of Jersey City. We don't have the best, you know, resources. If you walk into the gym, you're like, "Hold on, like we, we in the YMCA or we in the Division right. One basketball program." Like for you, like I want people, I want you to kind of be able to kind of d- describe that for the audience, man. Like, um, just what does what does success look like for you at St. Peter's, right? Like when you take into account like. Everything that you have to deal with there as far as, like I said, the facility, the resources and things like that, like um, the run that, that, that they, they just made. Obviously, we're not saying St. Peter's is going to be, you know, sweet 16, elite eight, but like, you know, if you were to look back, you know, five, 10 years, like what does success look like for you at St. Peter's? It's what, um,
3: you know, I talk to families uh, of recruits about and, and recruits. Um, I'm not guaranteeing anybody playing time. Um, how many minutes I'm not guaranteeing I'm a starting role, none of those different things. For me, uh, my biggest job uh, in the role that I sit in is to prepare young men to go out into the real world and have success. Uh, so I guarantee recruiting their parents, um, they're going to develop as people, one. Uh, they're going to graduate if they're here um, over a four-year period. Um, and I'm tough enough, and I believe wholeheartedly enough, uh, that we're going to win. Does that mean a championship every year um, I can't guarantee that. Uh, but we're going to have more winning seasons under me than we're going to have losing seasons. Um, so um, St. Peter's is taking strides, man, um, in terms of the facilities and everything that they've done to build it up. Um, I know St. Peter's, or I remember St. Peter's the way you did. Yeah. Um, you know, this place, man, with, with, with the gym, I don't know what this is. Uh, and coming back here now as a coach, you know, and, and touring the school and walking through it, man, they've, uh, they've made a, a tremendous amount of strides. Um, and just doing the arena over itself, um, speaks volumes. And, uh, you know, I, I believe wholeheartedly that's that, that has a,
2: you know, it goes hand in hand with them being able to make the run that they made. Shoot, man! also doesn't help when you go to elite eight, I'm sure there's going to be a nice investment of money coming in there from, uh, from that tournament run that you'll be able to use to kind of keep, keep, things going. Uh, we, we hope let's, let's keep it coming in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I want to kind of give you a chance to kind of talk about you know, the Mac. Like, what are you looking forward to most? Obviously, everybody knows about Iona and Rick Martino and, you know, the Mamas of the World has been able to have great success in the non conference and even uh, in the conference tournament as well, Sienna. Um, what, are you, what are you looking forward to most about competing in the Mac? Obviously, you had some experience from your time at Marist, but um, you know, what are you looking forward to now coming to the league, you know, at, uh, in the place that it is now? You no, know, just overall, just excitement. I mean, I think there's a. Uh,
3: a great crop of coaches in this league, smart, um, successful, of guys that have come from, you know, all different uh, universities and institutions. So I'm excited to be able to just compete um, at a high level. Um, And for me, you know, when you're at a place for 10 years, right, there's a certain level of comfort and um, familiarity. uh, I'm excited about all of the change. Um, I don't really know uh, the style of play. You know, I think every conference sort of has an identity. Uh, I don't know the max identity. I don't know. You know, I know Rick Patino. I don't know like how his team like to play. Uh, so I'm really excited about having an opportunity just to compete against all of these guys, uh, break them down, try to figure them out. Um, and, you know, legit, 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 you know, kid in a candy store. Uh, I'm going to have an opportunity um, twice a year to be able to compete against Rick Pitino. How about that? Like I grew up watching this guy on TV. Uh, Steve Mazziello at Manhattan, he's had a tremendous amount of success and a number of championships he's been able to win, um, and he's coming from that you know Rick Pitino family. You know, I get a chance to compete against him, and you just go down the line with you know uh, Baker V at Quinnipiac, you know all of these schools with these you know these guys that got these great reputations, and they they are they've they've earned them. Legit great coaches. Um, I got an opportunity as a as a young coach still to to compete against these guys twice a year and you know, show what, you know, St. Peter's is all about.
2: Yeah. Well, shoot, man, if you need some help with the scouting reports, man, you know, I'm only only to call away, man. We can chop it up by some game plan, you know what I'm saying? Except for against Quinnipiac, man. I can't, I can't give you the sponsor <laughs> against I, re- I respect it. One of my, my childhood best friend, Dwayne Lee, who's, who's
3: from Jersey City. Yes, sir. He was on staff over there at Quinnipiac. So, um, you know, when you got a friend on the staff, you naturally follow those guys. So I, I have been watching Quinnipiac for a couple
2: of years. So I, I do know their style of play. Okay, okay, fair, fair enough, man. Um, I want to give you a chance to kind of talk about your staff here. Obviously, um, I'm really close with uh, Coach Bobby Jordan from uh, when his time back in the days kind of recruited me at Drexel. But uh, just kind of talk about, you know, the the staff you've been able to put together at St. Peter's and kind of what you're excited about those guys bringing to your program. Yeah, so anybody who knows me, man, I'm I'm all about comfort, familiarity.
3: um, And, you know, it, it hasn't been in my 10 years I haven't really outside of, um, you know, my circle of people that I know and I trust um, for for a really long time, long before I was sitting in this head coach's seat. So, you know, to be able to have Bobby Jordan join me here on staff has been, um, you know, great for me, a guy who I'm familiar with back into our college playing days. He was a walk-on at Drexel when I was, you know, when I was a player. Um, And then, you know, there's some names um, uh, that I don't want to mention yet uh, because we're still tying up some loose ends, but, you know, Pete Cipriano, uh, a Jersey City native as well, um, born and raised there. Played his high school ball at St. Anthony's, um, and you know he spent the last nine years coaching at Southern University. He'll be joining us soon. And uh, but, you know, one thing I am proud about, you know, I think a lot of coaches talk about family. You know, family. You know, as you put your staffs together and you put your teams together, uh, I'm happy to, um, you know, have one of my former players joining me over here on staff. Nigel Jackson. Uh, he's going to be our director of operations. This guy here. Uh, after he finishes up his master's at Wagner, where I recruited him. I've known Nigel since he was 15, 16 years old. And, you know, I've coached him throughout his entire college career. And now to be able to be in position to to put him in position to start his career, I feel really good about. So uh, we're still rounding out our staff with, you know, a couple more assistants and, you know, some player development positions. But, um, you know, uh, I'm excited to be able to put that together and, um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to to starting to work with all of the guys that, you know, decide to come over.
2: Great. great. Um, obviously, aside from the staff, man, you know, the most important thing uh, is kind of bringing in bringing in players and getting your guys in there. And obviously, you know, some of the guys from the Sweet 16 – I mean, excuse me, Lead 18, Daryl Banks, Matthew Lee, and the John McBeller, those guys lucky to enter the portal – um, but you guys were able to kind of bring in, bring in some, some, some guys to your program as well. I'm familiar with one of them, Kyle Cardesi from his, his time at Coppin State. I know he's a, a sharp shooter of the highest order. I mean, I actually was able to work out with Kyle um a couple couple days ago, man. Coppin. So definitely good to see him uh get, getting over there with you guys. But talk about some of the guys that are gonna be coming to your program, um, kind of what you're most excited about and kind of you know getting getting your guys in there and, and getting this thing moving forward. Yeah, you know what? Um taking nothing away from
3: uh, the guys who entered into the, to the portal, right? Those guys, I mean, they, they, they did um, what every college player dream of, right? They went to the elite eight um, as players. Um, and they got the freedom to do whatever it is that they want to do. Um, uh, but when one door closes, another door opens, right? Opportunity. And um, I'm actually happy that, you know, we got some roster spots to fill. Um, you know, so now I can sort of shape this thing and my likeness and my identity and how I want to play. Um, so uh, you know, we got guys like Kyle Cardesi coming over. It was a you know preseason second team All Conference guy in the MIAC, um, and Jaden Sadler, who who was second team All Conference in the SWAC, um, and Cam Young, a transfer from from Bowling Green. So, uh, we've been able to to bring in some you know elite level players. Um, and again, with the buzz and everything that we had going on, along with the the success that I've been able to have as a head coach, uh, we've been in the mix with some really talented players. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to build the roster and uh, we start summer school here in the next couple of weeks. I'm, uh, I'm really excited about being able to get on the floor and start working
2: with you guys. Sure. Um, now, man, speaking of just kind of the transfer portal and, in general, man, like I, I asked a lot of coaches because I always want to get you guys perspective, man. Like obviously, you know, this offseason we've seen, you know, Coach K retire, Jay Wright retired last year, Roy Williams retired and kind of the, the things that has kind of been swirling was like, all right, man, like, you know, the state of college basketball is changing now. All these old-timers, maybe they don't want to deal with, with whether it's NIL and the transfer portal having to rebuild your roster every year and things like that. Obviously, you've been the head coach now for 10 years. So you've kind of seen what it was like before and now you're transitioning into, in, into this new era. What do you think um, is kind of the, the state of college basketball right now when you're thinking about NIL and, and the portal? Um, do you think, you know, it's it's good for college basketball? You know, where are you at with, with that whole – transition kind of this kind of new era of, of, of college basketball now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not one, I'm not, you know,
3: of the mindset of maybe some of the older guys okay. uh, where, Hey, this isn't good for the game for me. Uh, I'm 100% fine with it. And, uh, you know, my guys who are on staff that are around me every day, they know exactly how I feel about it um, in terms of guys going into the portal and transferring uh, for me, it's adapt to die make the adjustment to what's happening or you're not going to be a part of college basketball as a coach very long. Um, And uh, the NIL stuff, man, I think is great for the game. Um, I think again, as coaches, our biggest job or one of our biggest jobs is developing these guys to be prepared to go out into the real world and have success. And, um, you know, a lot of time these guys get caught up in, you know, practices and class and travel and all of these different things. Um, And then at the end of their four years, they walk across the stage they received that sheet of paper and they're not prepared. Uh, They haven't done any, you know, uh, internships. They haven't had to negotiate any type of deals or or work with other people outside of a a team and practice in basketball. Um, So for these guys to to get that exposure, to get that sort of, I guess we can call it training to actually have, uh, you know, a, a job so to speak outside of basketball. Uh, I think it's good preparation for these guys and um, preparing them for life after basketball, which is, um, again, the ball's going to stop bouncing for all of us. I'm going to be uh, Bosch a lot longer than I'm going to be Coach Bosch. So um, and these guys are going to be, you know, whatever their names are, a lot longer than they're going to be basketball players. So uh, we need to help them prepare for that.
2: Now, um, how have you been able to kind of juggle NIL now coming off of, you know, the run that that, that, that you guys were able to make? Um, is, is NIL something that you've been trying to work into the fold for your players and get these guys opportunities? Absolutely. Um, it's something that we talked about. Um, it's just such an unknown, right, of
3: do's and don'ts and um, what you're allowed to do with that stuff. So uh, we, we, we are a work in progress um, with the NIL stuff, but I'm looking forward to it, and I hope that um, – uh, sometime soon that we, you know, we could, you know, make a couple offers to some guys in terms of that NIL stuff. Yep. Yep.
2: My coach, man, this is uh, this is going to be a special question, man, straight from my guy, Jeff Goodman. Um, now he wants to know, man, out of all the years when you were, you know, an assistant and uh, you're experiencing the head coaching game, man, what is your craziest recruiting story? Anytime you had to maybe deal with some wild, some wild stuff, of wild travel accommodations, had to go into the trenches to grab a kid, anything like that, man. What is what's like your wildest uh, story? That, uh, and that's, that's a good
3: question, my Jeff. I gotta, I gotta really put some some thought into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, this is uh <laughs> this is one I don't think you and Mommy sharing it, but um, uh, man, I don't know. That is, that's a good good
2: question, um, man, whew. Gotta think about it, it's all good, man. We got time because this is this this yeah. is the good stuff. <laughs> He's uh
3: uh stumping. Well, actually, you know what? This is this is a good one. So um my first weekend as an assistant coach <laughs> uh at Wagner, actually, and I'm with uh with Danny Hurley. And this is, you know, he was a high school coach for nine years. Um he didn't have to really go recruit. You know, to St. Benedict's, you know, you know, guys wanted to go to St. Benedict's at that time. Right. Uh so we're we're on the road recruiting up in the New England area. I think we were going to see a kid Latif Rivers and um who ended up coming to Wagner, um, and some other kids up in that area. But we're driving, I think, from seeing him, we're on the highway and uh, uh Danny ran out of gas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, Come on, ran out,
3: we ran out of gas about a half mile away from from the gas station man and we're, we're on the highway pushing the car <laughs> we're pushing the car he's he's staring i'm i'm at the back on the bumper we we ended up pushing it to the gas station and uh and gassing up and making it back home and uh i just thought it was it was it was crazy it was funny it was you know oh man just just overall just for me, it was just like man, college basketball is something special, man.
2: <laughs> I could imagine the scene, seeing a bunch of dudes, seeing Coach Hurling you pushing the car <laughs> on the side of the highway. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: that, that was, was uh, crazy scene. Yeah, that, that was like his. Like, that was our first weekend recruiting uh, him at the college level or whatever. I remember he was he was pissed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> man, I bet Coach Hurley learned from that since man, you know, shoot, UConn probably got a nice little recruiting budget over there, I man. Hopefully, he's uh, not letting that them cars get past half a tank, man. Uh, no doubt about it. You know what?
3: I think we were just caught up in conversation. Um, People were calling him, and we were just talking, and I think he just – it maybe slipped his mind that we needed to get gas. Um, But,
2: yeah, that was we, – we ended up pushing on the highway. We were pushing the car on the highway, man. Jeez, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys made it back safe and sound, man, you guys can live and tell the story, man, because, shoot, that's dangerous stuff too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, we, we live to see another day. Hey, amen, amen. Well, uh, coach, man, I won't take too much of your time, man. Definitely had had a lot of fun doing this interview, man. And like I said, man, I'm, I'm wishing you nothing but success at St. Peter's, man. Except when you guys see Quinnipiac twice a year, but all the other 18 mat games, man, I'm, I'm I'm wishing you guys the best, man. And uh I'll definitely be be, be following along with, with with you guys for sure. Hey, amen. I appreciate this. I uh, thank you for actually thinking of me, um, you
3: know, with this interview, and you know, good luck with your playing career overseas. I'll tell you this. I know it's probably hard. Right. Um, but I tell you, um, as long as you could do it, man, just just keep focused and keep grinding at it. Because um, this real world is going to be here waiting for you. So if you can play basketball for a long time, man, just continue to do it. And anything that I could do to help you,
2: uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much, Coach, man. I, I definitely will, man. Uh, th- Tell my guy coach Jordan, I say what's up, man. the hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, taking care of my guy. Uh, yeah, no, that's my man. That's my man, hundred grand. And I'm gonna wish him
3: happy birthday on this uh on this platform as well. Uh his birthday was yesterday, he's on the other side
2: of 35. So um, down I told it's him down from here. <laughs> you still this prime, man. Happy birthday, birthday, coach, for sure. Man, definitely I hope you enjoyed your day, man. What's up?